Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Aylmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulos. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Good morning, Stephen. And a very good morning to you, Sean. Now, I know you're excited about what's going on in the economy, but I've got to tell you, I spent my weekend in Tasmania. Tasmania, the Apple Isle, mm, yeah. holidaying or um, looking yeah, for business my, opportunities? No, no, my Opossum Bay, the place oh, is where yes. we stayed and we um, sort of across the river from Hobart and my siblings, there's uh, well, four yes. of the five of us and our partners all went down for the weekend. It was fantastic fun. Oh, gorgeous. Isn't, isn't Tasmania lovely? And it's it's not difficult to understand why it's been one of the strongest property markets, Hobart this is, yes. over the course of the last 15 or 20 years. Hobart prices have been actually one of the star performers. Is that right? Outperformed Sydney, Melbourne. Yep, it's yeah. been the star performer. Fantastic. From a low base. From a low base. It must Admittedly. Be Admittedly. Anyway, before we start this week, last week, I mean, plenty going on overseas and locally. Let's just talk about the labour force numbers first. A kind of a tick up, but um, a question mark, I suppose, over the, the numbers. Always a question mark over the numbers in December, January, seasonally adjusting the numbers when people are on holidays or going away. The, the ABS do note that there's always a bit of a quirk. However, the interesting thing for me about those labour force numbers is that the decline that we saw in employment in January, minus 11,000, followed a minus 20,000 in December. So it's not just a one-hit wonder or one-month wonder. There's two months in a row. And okay, you probably want to just get that confirmed given how strong employment was in the months prior to that. But then I also look at the unemployment rate and it's gone from 3.4% in October to 3.7% in January. So again, not the sort of stuff that you're sort of going to jump out the window and say we're heading for a hard landing recession or anything like that. But it does signal that perhaps with job ads starting to trend a little lower, that job vacancies are moving lower and the economy is slowing. There's no question about that. We could be in a position that over the course of the next three to six to nine months, we start getting a four point something percent on the unemployment rate, which would be just a little uncomfortable when we got used to these mm. tremendously low levels of unemployment through the course of last year. And of course, Reserve Bank has two jobs, not one. Of course, we all know it's got to keep a lid on inflation, but it's actually supposed to achieve full employment as well. Indeed. And if, if I was Phil Lowe, if I was giving him advice, which I'm not, by the way. Oh, no, go ahead. Everyone else is. Oh, the shellacking he's copped <laughs> in recent times. And he has mentioned it on, on occasion, is the fact that, you know, one legacy of COVID and easing monetary policy and these sort of things is an incredibly low unemployment rate. I don't think I know of anybody, say, three or four years, years ago who thought Australia could actually get an unemployment rate yeah. near four or below. And here we are worrying that it will go up to four or yeah. maybe a little above 4%. So, you know, that is a nice issue to be dealing with. And I guess from the RBA's perspective, you can have too much of a good thing in a sense, uh, like good red wine. You can have too much and it leads to a hangover. You know, if we get over full employment, the unemployment rate stays incredibly low. And dare I say it, we get wages picking up, feeding into future inflation. That's a problem the RBA and other central banks are trying to guard against. Now, wages, we do, we'll find something out about that this week. We will. We get the wage price index for the December quarter when the labour market was running hot. And if we believe any of those uh, demand indicators, the wonderful NAB survey has got a question about the wages paid, employment costs. And through to the December quarter, when these numbers are referenced, it was up. It was strong. So the market is looking for a quarter-on-quarter -quarter increase around about 1%, which will bring the annual figure to around about 3.5%, plus or minus a few decimal points. And the other thing which is feeding into this wage price index is 
what employers are doing for non-wages. So things like bonuses are people getting paid retention payments. And in the recent data, that was definitely the case. So if you looked at wages, including bonuses, it was already running at 3.8% annual pace. That is almost certain to be above 4%. So even though the bottom line wage may not be increasing rapidly, employers are using other incentives to keep their staff. Okay, the next thing, RBA minutes, it'll be, we get those tomorrow. They will kind of be interesting because last time that the Reserve Bank lifted rates, people were quite surprised just at how hawkish they were. Yeah, the rate hike a couple of weeks ago was hawkish. And then, of course, the commentary since has been incredibly hawkish. And so the minutes will actually put a bit more flesh. Now, we've already, already had the statement on monetary policy come out after that. So if we read through that carefully, I dare say the minutes will really only reflect the statement on monetary policy. But nonetheless, there'll be a little bit more detail. What were they debating, perhaps? Uh, because it was a it was a move from cautious hawkishness to outright hawkishness at that meeting when obviously they delivered the rate hike and signaled more to come. And what about December CapEx? They're out this week. Always interesting to know what business is thinking. Yeah, the, uh, that's going to be one area of the economy, in my view, that stops us lurching towards recession, if we're even going to go anywhere near a recession. But the business sector has actually got a pretty upbeat outlook for uh, investment on machinery and equipment for buildings and structures, basically CapEx. And part of that's a a bit of a catch-up from the COVID years when they shelved a lot of projects. You know, they couldn't actually um, undertake a lot of the projects or they had supply chain problems for machinery and equipment and these sorts of things. So it's likely to be a a decent sort of increase quarter on quarter, about 2%, which feeds nicely into the GDP number. And interestingly and importantly, will be their expected CapEx over the course of the next year. That's actually looking pretty upbeat. And I think on the latest figures, we're looking for about a a 10% annual increase, which puts a decent floor under bottom line GDP. Anything stronger than that will be nice to see. And CapEx is the vital part of productivity. One final thing before I let you go, I just want to mention the US economy as well, because a couple of big figures out last week, this was the CPI numbers, which probably came in as expected, but also some pretty strong retail sales data. Two big numbers. Yes, two important numbers. And I guess the market was, even though the, the CPI, the inflation numbers, was pretty much bang on expectation, both headline and core numbers. I think there was a secret wish that it would be a little bit lower. So when it came in on expectations, we saw the yields jumping. And I think we had a few Fed officials you know, reiterating their hawkishness, we need to do more to get inflation lower. So that was sort of caused a, a bit of choppiness in, in the market. And yes, the January retail sales numbers in the US were plus 3%. They're always going to bounce back a little bit because November, December were both both small negatives, but that 3% month-on-month blew away expectations and a little bit like Australia, I think 7% month-on-month was cafes and restaurants and eating out and these sorts of things. So it's perhaps signalling that maybe there's a bit more resilience in the old US economy than some of these other business surveys are indicating. Stephen, have a good week. Thank you, Sean. You too. That was economist Stephen Kukul. It's better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead. 